success in the new retirement with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. Thanks for joining us this week here with Damon and Matt. I'm Jennifer Perry. And if you have any questions for us, of course, we'd love to hear from you here on the podcast. You can always visit us online at successinthenewretirement.com. And an extra special show today, guys. We're all glad that football season is back. It seemed like the longest off season ever, didn't it? You know, football is brings us all together, right? It's it does. Fall, <laughs> you know, the fall is all about, and it's just... It's, hard to be American without football. <laughs> it certainly is. Now, your favorite teams, guys. Can you share those with us? I'm a hometown guy. I like the Cardinals and I like the Sun Devils, so, okay. which is a little disappointing right now. We'll see how it all... <laughs> you may have to they switch teams before the end of the season, uh, but... Yeah, they haven't been at the top of their game, so hopefully maybe they could turn around this year. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Damon? Well, um, I like the Cardinals as far as the pros go, sure. um, but I grew up uh, in Seattle, so I'm a big Washington Husky fan. And uh, went to school at, at BYU, so I'm a BYU fan. And then I got a master's at ASU, so I'm an ASU fan too. Okay, so, so multiple teams. So you hope that at least one in there has a great winning season. But uh, Matt, growing up, you were actually a big Dallas Cowboys fan, right? Yeah, I hate to admit it. You know, it's a, <laughs> it's one of those things in your childhood that you try to forget. No. <laughs> okay, I brought uh, it back up this week. <laughs> you know, I just really like Danny White. Uh, he quarterbacked for ASU, so I uh-huh. can say that. But uh, but I just really liked him, and so began rooting for the Cowboys. And they were pretty good at that time, so it wasn't a hard team to root for. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When the Cardinals were not good <laughs> way back then. Well, we're going to hear actually from a couple of former Cowboys today here on the show. And uh, guys, we have to set this up for our listeners here. They're like, why are you hobnobbing with some uh, Dallas Cowboys players, some retired players here? Actually, we had a chance recently to go out to L.A. and kind of rub elbows with some of the biggest names in sports. And actually, when you showed up at the airport in L.A., it's as if Jimmy Kimmel had a very special greeting just for you two. Hi, I'm Jimmy Kimmel. Welcome to LAX. We apologize for the construction, but you'll forget all about it once you get on the 405. Anyway, we hope you enjoy your stay in Los Angeles. And if you need anything at all, call Matt Damon. He has no friends. All right. So you guys cannot escape the Matt Damon references, no matter where you go, it seems. <laughs> no, you know, it was funny. We were standing there waiting for our bags, and all of a sudden that came on, and I look at Matt, and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> I love it. You can never, we never have to have get this. rid of that. Yeah, absolutely. So, of course, we had to include it here on the show. But we were in L.A. actually for a very good cause, too. The Harold and Carol Pump Foundation brought all of these sports stars together, and the work that they do, guys, was was pretty impressive because they've raised millions now for cancer research, right? Yeah, I think they're in their, what is it, the 17th or 19th year of raising money for cancer. Mm-hmm. And so they have a big dinner. They have lots of former athletes and other famous people that are there. And so it's a really good charity event. They generally honor somebody uh, or a couple people at the event. And so it was a really awesome opportunity to be there and to kind of rub shoulders with them and have a chance to sit down with some of the guys between their golf games. It was kind of funny because we mm-hmm. we were at their whim, you know, as we were there and it was just whenever they got back from golf or whatever they were doing, they would come in and sit down with us and spend, you know, 15, 20 minutes with us. But it was a great opportunity. Absolutely. And uh, some great names that uh, we're going to be sharing with you here on the podcast. Some great messages, great lessons, too, that we can take away from a lot of these retired athletes. So today we're going to start actually with a guy who came into the interview in a very interesting fashion. Let's talk about Michael Irvin here, guys, because he entered the room and this was the only guy that we interviewed over two days that was actually pretty intimidating when he first walked in. 
Yeah, he uh, he was fun actually. I mean, he came in and he kind of like walked in like he like he owned the place and uh, and and somebody said something. We had just ordered some lunch and and somebody said, "Hey, are you hungry?" And he's just like, "Yeah." I'm starving. He comes over and starts looking at all the seven different plates and grabs a, you know, grabs a sandwich. A half-eaten sandwich, actually. Half-eaten turkey (laughs) club wrap. And he's like, oh, this is good. Thank you so much. (laughs) And I was afraid to say, Michael, I need you to put the sandwich down because we got to do an interview here. But uh, (laughs) we did actually get some really great motivation from him, guys. So here's how this conversation went. All right. We're here this morning with uh, Michael Irving, the playmaker. And I just wanted to say, thanks for being on our podcast this morning. Uh, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Uh, I wanted to start off by asking you about uh, the Pump Foundation and how you got involved with them. Well, you know, I, I met Dana, David and Dana, through some friends a long time ago. And and it's so ironic, you know, I, I just came off of a cancer scare. But I've always, prior to, have always been here. You know, always attended the events man first they won't let you not attend (laughs) there's no such thing as not attending you know they'll call they'll call they'll call and until you relent and say yes trust me i'm coming they know how to get it done calling me so much you know you're running up my bill calling me i'm coming but but it's just good dudes good people no matter who you meet and i also always say to this you know the greatest thing you can have ultimately everything we le- we have in this world we're going to leave without it but the greatest thing I think you're going to have is everybody you've been around and that you've touched and you touched their life you run up on those people and those people say you're good people then you've done well in life and there's not anybody you will meet that will not say that about David and Dane I'm telling you that's the first thing oh yeah they're, they're good dudes man good dudes and, and, and I think yeah. that's the greatest compliment you can get people absolutely well football's been good to you Right, I grew up uh, in Seattle, Washington, yes. as a as a big Washington Husky fan, and I remember watching the University of Miami and how they were always just so good. And uh, uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about was, how, what was your first day at Miami like? I think there's a oh good story God. that goes along with yeah, this. Yeah, well, <laughs> I had, you know, it's so funny because you know I, I grew up. I'm the 15th of 17 kids, so you're growing up in Fort Lauderdale. And, and and it was you know we had nothing. I'm talking about nothing, nothing. Yeah. I always tell people, man, we were so poor, and and I do know that the correct word is poor, but we were so <laughs> poor we couldn't afford the other or in the R. You just say hey, we poor. That was it. You know, <laughs> you left it at that. But, and, and 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 I lost my I lost my father, uh, right before my senior year in high school, so I didn't want to leave far and go away. Too far from home. Miami had this great program, and you know what's funny? They were recruited at recruited like one of the top wide receiver classes. So everybody say, Michael, you shouldn't go, man. They recruited the top receiver class. I said, What are you talking about? That's exactly why I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go up against that top receiver class. And of course, you know, I, I set all the records while I was there, even <laughs> though they had that top receiver class. I quickly established myself, but I came in brass. Yeah. And fighting, you know, I, I would see some. I, I a young guy. I remember in high school, and I saw Stanley Shakespeare. He was the starting receiver at the time, and I, I was just meeting him. And he was like, "What are you guys look? What are you looking at?" I said, "I'm looking at the guy whose job I'm about to take." You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So I came in with confidence, but just yeah. the work at Miami, man, the, the camaraderie and and the way we pushed each other, pushed each other on the practice field. It, it did make for a great time there. We had some of the toughest practices and the toughest 
play on the practice field. Game days, they were just fun days. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and that first day, anything happened there that uh, well, you could share uh, with you, us? Well, well listen, I, I set, you up, set you up to know, let you know that I was so poor. I was coming in for business. <laughs> and, 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 and I would say, listen, man, I got my mom. I just lost my dad. I got to take care of my family. I don't have time for all of these freshman games that everybody wanted to play. So my first day there, I, I got into it with some upper-class guys. You got to understand, <laughs> fifth, I'm the 15th or 17th. We get to dinner on this training table. I've never seen this kind of food in my life. In my life, man. And, and, and these guys, they were telling the freshmen, you can't you just stay in line, just stay back, just wait, wait, wait. And they were just they were messing with us. And I tried to cut around. The guy said, I'll take that steak right over there. You know, I wanted that steak. I saw it. And they were like, get back in line, freshman. I got back in line. I waited my way. But they made me wait longer. So I decided to go back around them again and try to order the food. And he wouldn't let me order it again. And, and me get back in line. And then he, he kind of pointed at that steak. Like, I'm going to take that steak. And I kind of snapped. And. Yeah, we got in a fight the first day. <laughs> over steak. Over steak. O- o- over the training table. So, you know, if I was coming to fight for food, you know I was going to fight for my position on the football field. That's right. You've got to establish it early. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, in our business, we, we teach people, we try to teach people how to be successful in retirement. And, and I imagine as a, as a collegiate athlete and as a professional athlete and now as a broadcaster and all that you do, um, there's certain things that bring success every time. What would you say are maybe two or three of those things that, that, that bring success to your life? Let me tell you the things that I always tell people. The first of all, and I don't care where you are and what stage you are in, whatever you are in, know that you are called to do it. And this is such a small thing that sets your mind for great things. Let me explain what I'm talking about. If I say to myself, I'm called to do the job that I am on, my daily task is not duty bound because yeah. I'm called to do it. The people that are going to a job, they're miserable. Yeah. They'll tell you 85% of the people that are going to a job. Statistics, I was reading this the other day, say that they are miserable. I contest that. I say 100% of the people that are going to a job are miserable. 100% <laughs> because it's a job and it's duty bound. It's work and I don't want to go do a job. I don't want to go to a job. But if you know I'm called to do this, now every day I wake up, I'm walking out purpose yeah. instead of going to a job. So I'm walking out my purpose in that little titch that sets your mind ultimately brings about success because it changes my inner spirit about my day and it changes the way people see me, all of that. I'm not saying, oh, men don't feel like going to work. I tell you, there are principles that will not be violated in life. You cannot go to work miserable every day and expect to have great success. It's a principle that will not be <laughs> violated. It's not going to happen yeah. because you have to work around people you have to work with people. And if you're going to do great things, you're going to have to inspire or motivate others to work hard like you. So it's, yeah. a, it's a principle that not, will not be violated. So know that you are called and be willing to work. Absolutely. Be willing to work. There's no secret. Nothing There's no free. getting around it. There's no pill you can take and just get where you want to get. There's only one way you can get there. You have to earn it. That's the reality of it. You have to be willing to work. Don't cry. Jimmy Johnson would always say to us, 
Make your mind control your body. Don't let your body control your mind. So when you wake up in the morning and you still feel tired and you want to hit that snooze button over and over, you tell your body when the body says, man, I just want to stay in the bed. Your mind says, shut up, body. We're getting up <laughs> right now. It's time to go to work. Make your mind control your body. Don't let your body control your mind. Amen to that. Well, Michael, thank you for being on our show. I really appreciate your time. Well, thank you guys for having me. Thanks. All right, buddy. Wow, guys. <laughs> I, I was kind of walking away from that interview saying that's motivation. I, I would say, too, for those people who are maybe reaching that home stretch in their jobs, they've been doing it for decades now. You kind of maybe lose your purpose, lose your passion. But uh, Michael Irvin there should get people pretty fired up. Just sitting there talking to him was motivating and rejuvenating and it made you kind of rethink what... Uh, you know, why you're doing things and, mm-hmm. and to find that, uh, you know, I, I went home and talked to my kids about it and said, yeah. you know, let's listen to this. This is this is good stuff. This is a guy that came from nothing. I mean, f- 15th of 17 kids yeah. and, wow. and came out of there with the attitude of I can succeed, I can be better. And so in my mind, nobody has an excuse to say they can't do it. You know, right. after listening to that and, you know, when, and when it comes to retirement and, you know, sometimes it's good to take a step back and say, wow, look how far I've made it and I'm this mm-hmm. close. Now I can retool, I can make some plans and, and really work towards uh, living my dreams and goals if I if I put the, you know, the things in place right now to do that. You know, as he was talking, it was making me think of something my sister was was sharing with me. My sister's a life coach and she was talking about your present self versus your future self. So again, our human nature is that, you know, in the present, we don't like to do hard things. You know, it's, it's a bummer to get up early. It's a bummer to go to work. It's a bummer to do these things, but it's only if we look at what our future is going to be like, what our future self will have accomplished or done or have, and what that looks like, that that's what motivates us to do the hard things now. Yeah. And when she was talking about that, I was thinking about all of our clients that come in that the process of going through and building a financial plan isn't usually the top thing on most people's list. Right. You know, it's, no offense, it's usually, guys, but a lot of people don't want to come in and see you for the first time, you know? <laughs> right. It, it's, it can be scary. It can be daunting. It can be overwhelming. You know, sometimes, you know, you're just like, I don't even want to know what it looks like. But it's that present self saying, well, the thing is, is I want my retirement to look like this and this and this. And we have that future idea of what it's going to be. But the only way we're going to get to that is if the present self of us today take the time to actually put that plan in place. And so Michael Irvin was saying, you know, if you're in your job and you're working, you've got to put in the work. Well, the same thing with a financial plan. You have to put in the work. You have to figure out, you know, what are the things that need to be changing? And we've joked about it in on the podcast and our radio show about when I finally called Geico after, you know, <laughs> hearing the commercials tons and tons of times and how it did end up saving even more than 15%. And I sit there and go, man, if I would have just called that like six months before or a year before, how much more would I have been able to save? Right. And and it's the same thing with the financial plan. If, you know, how much are you wasting in fees? How much are you wasting in poor returns? What, do, what are your potential risks if the market continues to dive or goes down or does this? And what are you doing to protect against that? And, and again, the question would be is, well, what does the future look like? If I don't make any changes now, 
what's it going to look like? Am I going to be prepared? And so, you know, he had a lot of great wisdom. He had a lot of things to say about that. And I think that if we apply that into our lives, whether it's with our families, whether it's with our work, whether it's our finances, again, putting in that work and that effort today pays dividends down the road. Yeah, you got to do the work. And uh, it was interesting post-interview, guys. He did appreciate, too, the name of this podcast. I love that double entendre, that success in retirement. You like that? Yeah, it's a cool play. It's a cool play. We all want success, and we want retirement. (laughs) We do want success. We all want retirement. Some great lessons there from Michael Irvin. And then later on at this event, guys, we had a chance to talk to one of his former teammates. And this had to be kind of a bucket list moment for you guys. I don't care which team you root for in the NFL. Everyone's going to know this next guest name, right? Yeah, I mean, this was an opportunity to run into and talk to Emmett Smith there on the red carpet. And so, you know, Emmett Smith, one of the greatest running backs of all time and really one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Yeah. And he just took the time to chat with us for a little bit there. What was it like sharing a locker room with Michael Irving and Deion Sanders? Absolutely fun. Irv and Prime kept it easy and light. They always had fun, which also invited other people to have fun. Because you can't have fun by yourself. You have to have fun with people. And I think the spirit of our locker room was a great spirit. Whether it came from Irv or came from Prime, both of these guys exude a level of energy and excitement to be in the locker room, which made work a lot easier. And it took a lot of the stress off of it because your mind was on enjoying the moment versus understanding and focusing in on the task at hand. And these guys were awesome. Awesome teammates to work with, awesome teammates to play with, and I had a great time. One last question. What's on your bucket list still? What do you want to accomplish? Oh, there's a lot. Business-wise, family-wise, Spiritual-wise, there's a lot of different things that I want to accomplish. And um, I'm a believer in goal setting. I'm a believer in, in pursuing your dreams and your passion. And I don't limit it to just events like this. It's beyond this. And I want to see my kids continue to grow up and be very productive citizens. And not only that, but earn the right to do business with other folks earn the right to do living, have a living, and be productive citizens, bottom line. After that, all best off. Well, thank you very much for your time. Yes, sir. Wow, guys, quite the list. There's certainly more that Emmett still wants to accomplish, even post-football. Yeah, and one thing, I, I had saw another interview that Emmett Smith had done, and he talked about his kids. He talked about how he came from nothing and how he would tell his kids that everything around them, all the stuff that he had accumulated and the things that they enjoyed, he said, none of it was theirs. Hmm. He said they needed to go out and earn their keep in this world. And, and he mentioned it right there in, in, his, in that interview where he's saying they have to earn it. Yeah. They have to earn the right. And so he's trying to instill a work ethic in his kids that they'll be able to use to accomplish goals and achieve success just like he did. And, and I think that's challenging sometimes as parents. I know that that's something I think about a lot saying, okay, you know, this, I was raised by the time I was in fourth grade, the rule in our family was you had to start buying your own clothes. 
Wow. So I had a paper route. I mowed lawns. I did all kinds of things. And so the only thing my parents would buy when we were at that age was Sunday clothes and underwear because they figured we probably wouldn't waste our money on that <laughs> yeah. if, we, if it was up to us. <laughs> but, it, but it instilled a work ethic that I use now and today, and I'm not scared of work. And so you look back at your kids and you say, okay, what am I teaching them? What are they learning? Are they going to be prepared to go out into the world to accomplish their goals? But, you know, every one of these athletes that have achieved these, this greatness, they have all set goals and they know the power of setting a goal. And, you know, again, bringing it back to the financial plans, creating a financial plan is like setting a goal. It puts a plan in place that you and your spouse or yourself can work towards with an advisor to be able to guide you and direct you so that you can achieve the goal that you have to be able to retire and retire with dignity, enjoy some of those things, and and then accomplish some of those bucket list items that are out there that you envision and think about when you talk about retirement. Guys, I'm going to ask our listeners to share those things that are on their retirement bucket list with us too. Because again, life does not stop when you retire. It actually can get more fun. So share some of those fun things that you want to do with us. Just search us out on Facebook. You can do a search there for Acute Wealth Advisors. See some of the upcoming videos too that we have with guests like Michael Irvin and Emmett Smith as well. And remember, wherever you're getting your favorite podcasts right now, just go ahead and click the subscribe button there to catch more updates on success in the new retirement. Thanks for listening. Want more from Damon and Matt? Check out successinthenewretirement.com. And while you're there, drop us an email with your questions. Investment advisory services offered through Acute Investment Advisory, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through its affiliated company, Acute Wealth Advisors, LLC. Tax and or legal advice is not offered by either company or their affiliated companies. Consult with your tax and legal professionals for guidance on tax or legal matters. The information presented should not be viewed as personalized investment advice. All expressions of opinion are subject to change. We are not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.